six-pack double feature presents Pick 6, where the guys round out a top five list with one extra. Horror, sci-fi, crappy sequels, all the titles you know and love, plus beer. Tell us your picks, guys. Man. And some titles you don't know at all. Some things that you haven't heard talked about before times in the past times. Or when we don't talk about movies in this episode. Or the next one. (laughs) Crack! The Silent Epidemic, coming up at 11. <laughs> oh, you're getting there early. Oh, fuck it, I'll join you. That's right, it's almost 11. And to you and me, Russ. P.M. To our, to our friends in the Eastern Time Zone, it's almost noon, so it's easily acceptable to be drinking right now. So, what are we drinking today? From Old Milwaukee. We've got a beer named after the city that means beer. Old Milwaukee. It's a tough name to live up to, but Old Milwaukee is one of the fastest growing major beers in the country. I thought Milwaukee meant the good land in Algonquin. That's what Alice Cooper told me. Yeah, I didn't know that it meant beer. Well, in this in this room, Ross, to you and me, it means beer. Um, it means beer, eh? So oh, wait, we're not in Canada. A funny story about the beer. So, like, welcome to Pick Six, gang. By the way, sorry about that. Hey, <laughs> I'm not Nathan, and I'm not Travis. Um. And these are not movies nope. that we're talking about. Today's today's pick six is going to be a little different. We've got a couple of different uh, ideas coming up. We're uh, mixing it up. Mixing up a little bit. Fun. And I have a story for why, but first I have a story about beer. <clears throat> Nathan, I have this dream of about opening beer? A, yeah, of opening like a bar here in Nashville All right. that only, like, you know, every bar now has like their own fucking beer. Yeah, everybody, or, every bar seems to brew their own. They've got their own microbrewery or they get like regional beers from around like where you're at and it's all like i don't want to say hoity-toity but it's like some are and some are just whatever yeah but man i just i like your narragansetts i like your budweiser's beer that just has like all the just old school labels kind of thing yeah like you could just straight up bud light no like just you walk into a bar or restaurant and you're like i'm gonna get a fucking bacon double cheeseburger in this bitch and i know that it's going to taste good with the narragansett yeah whatever I want to do like a bar, just like a burger place and a, like a little bar and grill. There's like burgers, cheap pizza, French fries, maybe a chicken sandwich, not a lot. Yeah. But then there's regional beers from around the country that you can't get here, but they're yeah. just fucking like going fishing beers, like old Milwaukee like or Rainier. Rainier, Lone Star. Uh, Imagine if you could get them all on tap too. Hams, got, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Stag. Now, <clears throat> of those that I mentioned, old Milwaukee, Hams, Rainier, and Lone Star. And stag, I only don't have stag in the fridge right now. I've been I've been collecting for a while. <laughs> uh, and some very good friends of mine were driving back from California and stopped in Arkansas and got me some Rainier. Nice. They got me some Old Milwaukee. Okay. And they got me some Lone Star. I've got two connections on the Lone Star. Um, so I had a choice today. And today I chose Old Milwaukee. And uh, I chose to share that with you because you hadn't had Old Milwaukee, and you said I don't either forever or or never or, or how, how yeah. long? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so don't look for it every week. It is still still the unofficial the official unofficial beer of Six Pack Double Feature will always be Narragansett because. But we like the other. We like to mix it regional up. stuff. That's, yeah. There will be an episode coming up where I <clears throat> I pound some Lone Star Long Necks. If you have any left. I do drink a lot of those while we play D&D, yeah. I was cleaning up in here this morning, and I was like, oh, that's why my case of Lone Star is gone, because I drank nine I, of them last I week. drank <laughs> all of them. Hmm. So that said, um, for you guys, it's uh, been a minute since we've uh, 
been on your airwaves and your ears for us it's been your a minute airwaves yeah your airwaves uh for us it's been a minute since we've been back here in this space About close so, to three months it feels like and then before that it's been a minute yeah um in the meantime what i've been doing is a lot of just like tinkering and arts and crafts stuff and trying not to die from covid trying not to die from covid <laughs> um you popped your covid cherry yeah I'm still a virgin. It was not <laughs> – COVID was not the week off that I anticipated having this year, but I slept. It was slept. the weekend you got. It was – I slept for like 20 hours a day and caught up on 30-year-old reruns of Unsolved Mysteries. It wasn't a bad time. I, I was lucky. But um, more on a larger scale, I've been just like doing – So your week was filled with Robert Stack. Correct. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but outside of that, I've been just working on art projects and, and stuff like that and as a result i've been listening to a lot of music uh and i'm the kind of guy i grew up in the era where you you couldn't just i mean you could get a single yeah but nowadays you can just download one song and it's much easier now dude i like this song yeah I'm and i hate being that way song because they took the time to do 10 to 12 songs i'm sure you know why shouldn't the whole album be good yeah. I'm, I'm the kind of guy that if lisa and i are very different she likes a mixture I like I'm an album typically I'm an album front listener. to back yeah I'm that's coming up later this year at front to back albums at yeah. some point but uh, today I thought what would be fun to, would be to talk about album openers like a song that literally is the first song on an album that is great from front to back um, it's a little different so you know kind of try to wrap your heads around that um, it's not that hard it's not just you know you probably turned up to hear some movie talk today and you're going to hear some music talk we're not it's a little flaccid, but yeah. not too. Yeah, a little limpy. <laughs> Limp biscuit did not make its way into my list, by the way. I did, did try to. Most of those, when when they were popular, most of the first tracks were not like songs, too. On a lot of those, types I have of an albums. example of that later. Oh, do you? Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, technically, my whatever that number is is actually the second song. Oh, so on the album, but. <clears throat> There's a good reason for it. A lot of them, those had like intros and shit. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't try to be like, "Hey, check out how eclectic my taste is." I tried to just represent a wide swath of music. I stuck to personal favorites. Same. Um, not like this is a great opening song to a, a great album or whatever. These are personal favorites, and um, they're all rock. For me, okay. Um, for my list, it's all going to be some form of rock and roll. I have two that aren't bad, but the uh, future of rock and roll. <laughs> I, watched, said, I watched Rain Man not too terribly. Oh, long ago. okay. <laughs> I got stuck in. Um. So that said, did I win the coin toss again? You always win the coin toss. Okay. You're, you're the visiting team. Are we ready? Uh, best I can tell. What's your number six? I can tell it's going to be hard, straight up. 
is not just listening to these songs in their entirety. Oh, I know. <laughs> not Why is here. this episode like an hour and a half long? Because <laughs> we just let the whole fucking song play. Uh, and then we came in and said a few words, and then we dropped the mics down, and then just... That was you too. <laughs> that's, uh, that's you two where the streets have no name uh, off of Joshua Tree. That's, I, 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 mm, that's a great pick, dude. Yeah. It's almost... I'm almost breaking a cardinal rule of my own, whereas like... You know how, like, when you watch Goodfellas yeah. and you see that opening clip, you're like, fuck, yeah, the rest I'm in. Of, I'm yeah, in. and it's I, only, like, two minutes in, and it's just, yeah. if that. This, <laughs> the Joshua Tree, dude. Uh, 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 it's uh, it's almost one of the, the, it's one of those maybe five records that I have that when the second side is done, I flip it right the fuck back over and just take that trip one more time. Yeah. NXS Kick is like that. And now we're, those are, like. This and NXS Kick were like sister records for me because they came out the same year, '87. Okay, um, it's just I love that slow buildup mm-hmm. that makes the song so great. I we we were discussing this off mic. I'm like I forgot that it's like at least a minute forty five before he starts singing, before yeah. you get uh, Bono to start singing. But Edge had such a unique style of guitar play. Have you ever watched the documentary? It might get loud. With The Edge, Jack White, and Jimmy Page. It sounds familiar, but I don't think I have. <clears throat> it's really good. I think you would like it. It's um, three very different guitar nerds talking about guitar, and they kind of trade riffs and licks and stories and stuff. Right. And The Edge talks about how his tone is like that. He is like a tone snob is not the right word for it. He's, I don't want to call him a tone Nazi, but he right. is. Right, he yeah, okay. yeah, and it's this. He he makes his t- guitar tech make it the same every show. He's like that guy, like oh wow, okay, that sounds like a not awesome job. But if you can nail it, I guess you've got to. <laughs> Is this your favorite song? I was trying to make I was trying to make an IRA joke in there somewhere. That wasn't going to really work, so <laughs> I'm just going to not say anything. Uh, I don't know if that's my favorite song of theirs, but it's it's up there. It was fun pulling up this one the first time I. When I was first pulling up songs that I wanted to include before I pulled just the track uh-huh. from the album, I pulled up the music video, which... Anton Corbijan directed? Uh, it's that whole thing on top of that one yeah, building. They, they got arrested. Yeah, they yeah. got arrested and all that shit. But it start. it's like three or four minutes before the music video actually, like they start playing. Yeah. Um, and you hear Rick D's. The local the weekly top forty Kiss FM, <laughs> yeah. He was uh, he was doing he was talking about how they were having U two was going to be shooting uh, a video in downtown Los Angeles for that, and so <laughs> I started watching that, and that was fascinating. Yeah. And then I just want to make sure I actually pulled. Um, I would say pulled the actual song from the album, <sighs> "Bullet in the Blue Sky" is probably my favorite. That's a good track song for that on that record. Yeah, is yeah. it so like kind of menacing? Yeah, and it's not. Doesn't have the jangly guitars that the Edge is known for. It's more bassy and it's more. It is. It's. It's probably the hardest song on that uh, yeah. album too. Oh, it's a great. It's, that's a great uh, album. Uh, All right, dude. That's a great pick. I shall endeavor to uh, match. Um, Tit for tat, <laughs> if you will, um, with my number six, which is. What's a frequency can at the show? not a band that I really 
super care for. I don't hate REM. I've got. I've actually grown to appreciate them more now than when they. 30 years ago when they were really, at least to me, when they became really popular. Sure, sure. What um, I love about R.E.M. is you don't get the same thing from one album to the next. No, they rarely Back in the, the day, same. kids, if you're, if you're under 30, you probably don't remember this, but back in the day, you used to be able to do different shit from record to record and try stuff out and still be successful and keep a career. And like if you made a bad record, people didn't stop buying your records they were just like oh you know try again next time but um what's the frequency kenneth was just this big guitar fucking hit yeah the rest they weren't the, known for that type of not, sound not, not really like no. that they were like a little alternative darlings in the in the mid late 80s um Are they from athens georgia athens georgia okay. yeah um and i bought talking about being able to only buy i had one. i had monster but i it did was too not, I, yeah. I bought it based on this song. And yeah. The rest of the record, not yeah, like not this. A, not I was fan. a Nirvana kid. Not, this, I, spoilers, I just, this is not going to show up yeah. later. I had just discovered guitar-oriented, loud 90s rock, and I was like, fuck yeah, R.E.M., I like what you're doing here. Let's see what the rest of this record is like. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, Bang and Blame is a good song. I like that. It's different. But man, the rest of the record is not like this. And at the time, I wanted that. It's not a bad record, Monster, but I immediately sold it to my mom. <laughs> that um, sold it to her. Didn't, couldn't give it to she's her. She's like, I'll buy that from you because I like R.E.M. And I was like, oh, that's what it is. My mom likes this. I'm 14. I shouldn't be liking it. <laughs> that's the problem. But, um, And what's the story behind the title? Is Who was the fucking... Is it okay, Tom Brokaw? The opening, got- yeah, the opening lyric is, what's the frequency, Kenneth? Is your benzedrine? Uh-huh. And some dude ran up on Tom Brokaw... Or Dan Rather, one of the nightly news guys back in... Dan Rather. But either way, it was one of those two. Fucking knocked him down and attacked him and was shouting, what's, what's the, the frequency, frequency Kenneth? Kenneth? And then ran off. <laughs> However, Michael and Stipe somewhere, Michael Stipe said, I got an idea for yeah. a song. And <laughs> they, do, they do a thing in this... Like, if you guys don't know, I'm a... <laughs> I play guitar. I'm not a guitar player. A guitar player is somebody that can show up on stage and you can be like, hey, play this or do have fun are you a guitar owner <laughs> i am definitely a guitar owner <laughs> i see i'm a bad amateur three. musician I, I enjoy playing guitar because it's better than therapy and it's cheaper um but they do this thing on this song that i've just been fascinated by this weird little sound oh and the it, well here check it out Yeah, I thought you were going to talk about the the solo that they played that they then looped backwards. Backwards, yeah. That's just that's studio. Like that's, that's after the fact. That's that's that was. I'm like, why does it sound so weird eerie, and, weird yeah. and different? The Beatles uh, yeah. were the first ones to do that. Okay, backwards shit. They did it with uh, piano parts. Um, what he's doing there is just it's a it's a weird little delay effect on a pedal, but it's. Fun little shit like that. It's just a it's just a really good fucking happy song, and it's a great way to open an album because um, it's a big. The guitars are big, open riffs, not to you know onomatopoeia, but opening track, big open sound. What's the frequency, Kenneth? That's my number six. What, sir, is your number five?
What are you talking about? It's fucking you Rush fans for the last 50 years. <laughs> I'm now remembering you're a gigantic fucking Rush fan. Are you really good at math? No, I'm not. Huh, That's interesting. Thing. Yeah, I, know. I remember now, back in the days of burnt CDs, you were like, you don't like Rush? Fucking dork! Here, I'm gonna make you a couple CDs, and you burnt. Yeah, me, oh, that's right. You burnt me like three or four Rush CDs because I was like, I fucking I'm hate guess Rush. You like I threw it right in the garbage. No, I still have them, oh. but I <laughs> listened to them once, and I was like, I can't get behind this, man. Tom Sawyer's a great song. It is. Um, they have Working Man's a good you, song. Look, even if you don't care for Rush, they do have a good collection of my thing with Rush, like late '70s and '80s kind of rock tunes that just. <sighs> Rush is their thing. My thing with Rush is like, dude, pick a couple of riffs and make that your song. It's like they're no, no. We've we found fifteen different riffs in this jazz book, and we're gonna put them all in this song. Because it's right for me. As soon as I start grooving on something, they're like, "Did you like that? Cool. It's, you're never gonna hear it again in this song. If you want to hear that, <laughs> rewind it to the back of the top of the song. That's it. That's my my. It's not. They're simple. fucking. They're the most not simple rock. <laughs> it's not. Oh. They're the three most three of the most sound technically sound musicians. Ever and I have I hate him I don't hate him for that right I don't I don't even hate him it's I, just I, it's, it's not preference my, it's preference yeah. yeah um I so it's it's like nerd jam music where like jam music is just like let's smoke a bunch of weed and see what happens like, like these guys math. these guys are like okay so I ran the calculations this week uh, during study hall and it seems that we can play these number of riffs for this amount of time it's that's the difference of it. With this, at least they fucking rock. You right. know what I mean? Like they distort their guitars, whereas opposed yeah. to like shit like the Grateful Dead or Fish. I just love how the beginning of that song just kind of crash lands in your ears. Yeah, that's great. Um, that's great. And okay. before you know it, you have that song sometimes stuck in your head all day too. Um, but they really turned the corner because they did. They did what most bands didn't do, and they were able to really fuse that Moog synthesizer with sure. their music. Yeah, whether featuring it. High end or just on the back end, not a lot of bands could really replicate that sound. While also being white and Canadian. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> and also only being three of them. <laughs> I mean, Neil Peart alone is... Yeah. I'm Again, I'm a very bad drummer. Neil Peart is not. But it's like I look at his kit and it's like, why do you... What does that little one do? <laughs> oh, I play it one it time. Serves, it serves a purpose. I play it one time during a three-hour show. Really? That's it? Yep. And, and to remember all Cost that. Cost me $1,500. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> Fuck that. No. <laughs> fucking whoever was drum sponsor gave it to him because he's Neil fucking Pert. And they're like, we'll sell a million of them because Neil Pert plays them. <laughs> and they're cheaper in Canada, eh? Well, yeah. Oh, man. That's, Are they cheaper in Canada? I don't know. Not with all the tax added that's, on. That's very true. <laughs> Paying for that health care. Man, I thought I was getting a great deal when I was up there back about 20 years ago, and I bought the season three of uh, X-Files on DVD. I'm like, yeah, what a great deal. And then I got all the tax, and I'm like, I did not save that much money after all. <laughs> That's bullshit, because they shot most of those X-Files up there. I know. Those early ones, the really yeah, good like ones. like first four, five seasons, yeah. Well, that's a different... Uh, it's a different time. It's a different pick six. Yeah. Um, okay, Rush. What album is that on? Uh, that is on Moving Pictures. Moving Pictures. Um, oh, yeah, my bad. Um, What's the Frequency, Kenneth, is from 1994. Monster, Mo right? Yeah, Monster. Yeah. Pictures is from what year? Moving Pictures is from what year? 82, 81. Okay. Long I did time. not put the year in front, and I should know that, but it's either 81 or 82. That's I think it's cool. 81. My number five, unless you're... No, I'm done. My number five I'm is done. my number five is one that you Duke. and I have talked about many a time, and I know we're going to agree on this. And it's going to be very hard to truncate this song, but I have a couple of clips anyway. I'll stop talking. <laughs> 
<laughs> Nathan is illustrating the lyrics presently. Of elbow deep inside the borderline. <laughs> For those that don't know, this is Tool. The song is Stink Fist. Yes, or song two when it was on MTV. MTV wouldn't let him. They wouldn't even let them call it Stink Fist? They wouldn't. Cause it, I mean, it's not, very, it's it's not, not a, a very very clever title. <laughs> I, or it's the cleverest or it's title. Or the cleverest title. <laughs> it's so I clever. Chose that, I chose that spot. It's weird they call it Song 2 rather than Song 1. <laughs> I mean, it is the opening track of Anima. That's true. 1997. Uh, 96. 96. I... Uh, my bad. I don't have two clips for this. Smell my, my finger. I was going to do... No, thank you. <laughs> Smell my shoulder. Also, no, thank you. Smell my fist. Um, if, if you're not familiar with the song or the band, um, this was the opening track to Tool's second full-length album, Anima, uh, and it's about fisting. Um, <laughs> about fisting someone um, all the way up to your shoulder. Um, Eventually, you kill him, but... I would assume know. so, or they would wish they were dead. <laughs> Um, and I chose the clip I chose because anybody that's a Tool fan is like, they're asking like, why didn't you choose the opening where it's just bow, 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 bow. I chose the clip I chose because it, it's a little more, it's that buildup. It is a good buildup song. And and then it goes into that, what, what is my favorite part of the of the song is that, oh, I'll keep digging. It's just fucking huge and it's like the Christian. I can feel your lungs. <laughs> With my fingers. <laughs> now my hands are coming out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. But l- being a kid, I just I thought it was about um, finger blasting. It kind of is, but... Um, more extreme. Yeah, on the more extreme. Extreme! Series. This was their... Um, I'm a Tool fan up through this record, and then I kind of am not. Trail off. Anymore. Uh, they, I, in my opinion, they've never been able to top this record. Uh, I don't know if I'm... No, like, they really haven't. I like Lateralis, but after Lateralis, I mean, I like their other things, but it just, this one is like, this is the pinnacle. It's, this is, yeah, this is a yeah, perfect yeah. record. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of funny Agreed. in some spots. It's and weird. And almost all Tool fans would probably agree as well that. I don't know. I don't hang out with a lot of Tool fans. Yeah, they take true. themselves way, way too seriously. <laughs> way too seriously. They also take this band way too seriously. Yeah. Um, this has several love letters. This record has several love letters to uh, Bill Hicks. Eulogy? Uh, Eulogy is about Bill Hicks, and there's some artwork about him, and there's some clips uh, from Bill Hicks later. Uh, you've listened to any number of episodes of this podcast. You've heard Nathan and or myself do something like this. <laughs> Real, Real fucking, fucking high, high on drugs. drugs. That's from That's this from album. Double. It's from Bill Hicks. Uh, and it's not an audio effect. He does that. From, does he? Okay. Yeah, the stage. That's what I figured. Um, <laughs> In order to get the reaction that you need to get. Yeah. You got to yeah, do that yeah. correctly on stage. It makes sense. Um, this is one another one of those records. As soon as I, if I hear this song, I immediately want to hear the other 13 songs, 12 yeah. songs. Uh, I love the pictures though when you have Bailey going. It was Rock, tilting. It was, was Rock. Was it Rockford? Yeah. Who's tilting his head like? There's a what track. The hell are if you you're not familiar to? with the record, there's a track way later that it's a bunch of noise and just fiddle farting around, and there's like <laughs> shit going on, and <laughs> yep, uh, Tesla coil. Right. Um, and it passes. It pans back and forth from uh, speaker to speaker, and our our sweet uh, dog Rockford, who's no longer with okay. us, was stuck between the two speakers, and he just kept looking at me like, "Dad, what the." fuck is going on right now <laughs> he didn't seem scared of it he just seemed intrigued and i was like it's it's, it's tool buddy just let's hang out in it and yeah <laughs> only i was drunk though um, that's good it's good so i knew you would like that one because i know you're a fan of that 
record as well. But that's not why I chose it. I chose it because it's one of my favorites as well. But anyway, Tool, Stink Fist from 1996 from the album Anima. That's my number five. Nathan, what's your number four? Can't take nothing from nothing, motherfucker. Nice try. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Mr. Man. Uh, immigrant Song. What's the album? Led Zeppelin number three. Led Zeppelin three. Okay, 70. I think it was 1970. It was 70. They had like either two releases in 69 or a release in 69, 70, and 70. I released like, twice in a 69 once. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so Zeppelin three, that's cool. <clears throat> Not the biggest fan of Zeppelin. I like what I like. Yeah, I'd probably like an album. Actually, I like about the first f- four, and then um, See, I start to trail off. My favorite me. Zeppelin song is "All of My Love" from I believe "In Through the Outdoor" from okay. 1980, 79 or 80. It's when they were like obviously at the end of their run, yeah. but um, it's got this weird little synth solo in it. Um. Anyway, I'm not talking about my favorite Zeppelin. No, but about this one. when I had finally acquired either the first four or five kind of albums that they had in their discography, I began to start to listen to them in order, and I just felt that Immigrant Song always stood out as a great opening track because it just hits the pavement at sixty miles an hour, <laughs> it and it doesn't let up. And the song is just about two and a half minutes. It, it gets in, it gets out. It's almost sometimes when you, some songs you're like, I wish we had another minute. And I could half do of that. another round of the chorus yeah. and verse on that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it just, I think it's better than like in regards to Led Zeppelin opening songs of an album. Uh, I think it's better than Whole Lot of Love, Ooh. which is it's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. No, it's I'm with just you. Personal again, personal preference. Zeppelin was interesting because don't get me wrong. I don't. I I, I like Zeppelin. They're just of the bands of that era is that's the thing they came in right at the end of the Beatles yep but they so Zeppelin had 60s tones for their first record or two late 60s mm-hmm. blues rock stuff so they they kind of had that they were they picked up the next wave right after the 60s and then they owned the fucking 70s unless you were a punk right you know there was two kind of sides to that coin but then they were they have a couple songs toward the end like I said, with uh, all of my love, they're going into like this. We don't know what the fuck's going to happen in the eighties because we managed to make it out of the sixties through the disco seventies and the punk and shit. Let's see what's going to happen. Oh, our drummer's dead. Okay, well, fuck. Oh shit. Um, <clears throat> so they kind of had. There's a couple three layers to Zeppelin. <laughs> Robert Plant's like, I'm going to go my own way. <laughs> and his solo stuff is it's not bad. It's just weird. Sixties seventies rocker dude trying to find his way in the eighties. It's just. Trying to find his way. Everybody did it. Pete Townsend did it. Wrote a great yeah. song, though. Uh, Let my love open the door. Yeah. Um, something funny. A friend. I of think mine, Townsend did a little bit better in the eighties. Yeah. Than Plant. Yeah. Something fun to try. Um, uh, and you can do this yourself, kids at home. It's a safe experiment. Um, 
take a song like Whole Lot of Love or All of My Love or Let My Love Open the Door <clears throat> and replace the word love with lunch. Let my lunch open the door? <laughs> yeah, it's fucking funny. My friend Tommy turned me on to that. You and take I, every inch of my lunch? <laughs> <laughs> all uh, of my lunch. Mm. All you need is lunch. Lunch is all you need. You can't not do it now. Sorry, gang. Thanks a lot. I've been suffering with this for almost three years Thanks now. Thanks for planting that in my brain. You have to now. Um, immigrant song. That's a good pick. That's your number four. Number four. Here's my number four. Sarah Shook and the Disarmers, Keep the Home Fires Burning. I like it. That's from 2017 album Sidelong. Could have been released in 1977. Exactly. It's kind of got that, it straddles that, like, that, touch of country, that like is country, southern rock, country. That is, that is country rock. to me. The, really? Okay. Yeah, the, the garbage that they pedal on the radio is country. Well, no, day. no, I get that. But, I mean, it's amazing how close that style of country, like, yeah. very close to... <clears throat> Rock and roll and rockabilly and all that at sure, the same time. Sure, This was, uh, I believe, her first full-length record. Um, she's got another one from... Um, no, this might have been 2015. My notes might be wrong. 2015 and then 2018, she had one called uh, Years. And then as we're recording this, she just released a new one a few days ago um, called uh, Night Roamer. She has an EP from back in 2010 called Sarah Shook and the Devil. Regardless, uh, pure form fucking... This car ain't got before gears country and done perfectly to a T. Um, I just discovered her a couple years ago. She popped up on Apple Music as I was listening. I don't even know what I was listening to. And it was like, if you like this, you might like Sarah Shook and the Disarmers. And they were wrong because I fucking love Sarah Shook and the Disarmers. <laughs> I didn't like them. I loved them. This is the and her records are they're like they're perfect lengths. They're maybe 35 minutes and very, very easy to go back to the top. And just listen repeat. to it again, yeah. and then a third time, and then depending on how many beers you've had, a fourth, and you fall asleep in the basement. Uh, <laughs> to say that from experience, <laughs> your beer in hand, <laughs> more than once with beer in hand. But <laughs> basement was like two weeks ago. They're just like they're modernized. <clears throat> the lyrics are kind of mo- the, I almost said the lyrics are modern- modernized because they're kind of about traditional country fare, but from a female, a queer female. Um, she considered country then in that well, I can well no I just I you know how I, the she's labeling probably, of they're the probably called Americana type. now but okay that's where yeah. I come from that's country okay. it's real shit but real um, shit real shit um what the hell was I gonna say hey gang now is as good a time as any to drop in a quick uh, correction slash apology to uh, Sarah Shook uh, her pronouns are they and their not her or she. Uh, we at Six Pegable Feature are nothing if we're not inclusive. There's room at the table for everyone. So, again, my apologies, and please accept this correction. Back to the show! Some of the lyrics and subject matter are, are modernized, and, you know, she can say fuck, and she can swear, and typically traditional-style country doesn't rockabilly go like this. Doesn't, yeah, yeah, it doesn't go that direction. And it's, uh, it's raw and perfect and beautiful, and I love it. 
Sarah Shook and the Disarmers, Keep the Home Fires Burning from 2015 album Sidelong. That's my number four. What is your number three? Fucking pick, dude. Uh, I remember the day my sister came home with it, that cassette tape. <laughs> how, much, how much trouble did she get in? Uh, Bringing that no, devil shit with the skulls and the cross on the cover in I my house. I don't think my parents knew. How did you not play this at peak volume? Uh, I was in her car instead. Oh, okay. Oh, that's oh, even better. Yeah. Uh, that if, For those that don't know, this is Guns N' Roses, the opening track of Appetite for Destruction called Welcome to the Jungle. 1986. 82. Six or is it 87? 86. Okay. Um, I always mix those ones as well. Um, I just, I remember it was like nothing I had ever heard before. Sure. And I love the way Slash's guitar sounds and how Axel kind of makes it sound like a warning sign, like sirens. Oh, and nice. It just sounds like y- you've never heard You this. have made it. You've turned down you've the wrong corner. You've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> You were in the wrong part of downtown Los Angeles, and that's a fucking bad place to you be heard in Joe go, I've made it. I've made, made a, a huge mistake. mistake. <laughs> um, it's just, you know it's too late, and that song just sucks you in. It's so raw and gritty, and it's just fucking that's awesome. A, Appetite is another one of those records where it's like, I'm not a big Guns N' Roses fan, and I'm like, but I like what I like. I probably like an album's worth of stuff, like a song here yeah. and a song there, and I realize all of those songs are on fucking Appetite for Destruction. Yeah. That is a greatest hit sampler of like, wow. How to have a debut album. Yeah, and then not really top it. <laughs> not really. That. I was they okay got, with their Use Your Illusions ones and two, but I mean, so it, it was never, it was never the same. No, after no. Appetite for Destruction, and like they get lumped in with hair metal because the video for this song, he is they are not hair metal, but in the video for this song, but, Axel is vamped the fuck up. His hair is yeah. like fucking six eight inches above his head. Depending, He's, yeah, I I agree that it, it is very hair metally looking. I remember coming in towards the end of that. I remember being at my grandma, my granny's house um, in her bedroom watching MTV because she was out watching her stories um, and Paradise City was on. Paradise City is like a fucking it's like a live video. Yeah. Or it's like live footage video. Yeah. I remember like the lyrics are fucking super easy to catch on to. And I was like, awesome. And then she walked by and I turned it down real quick and I was like, I'm probably not supposed to be listening. (laughs) <laughs> that's what rock and roll is supposed to be your parents aren't supposed to like it if your parents like your rock and roll i'm glad you have a good relationship with your parents but your music should scare them a little bit oh my music i'm sure our music scared my parents a bit it was it was the norm <laughs> my mom did a cool thing like she didn't like it she didn't necessarily understand it she didn't audition it she was just like if that's what you're gonna listen to but like just know that that's not how you treat women or that's not how you sing about this or whatever. She's like, if you're going to listen to that shit, you're also going to listen to this. I'm like, what is this? This is Neil Diamond. No, I just won't listen to the Guns N' Roses record. Just take it back. <laughs> I don't want to listen to fucking Neil Diamond. Nope, don't care. I don't care. Um, <laughs> that's how you make your children well-rounded or 
how you get your children to avoid being well-rounded. <laughs> you have a lot of sharp edges. I uh, told you I wasn't well-rounded. That's a great pick, dude. Welcome to the jungle. Do you know the Do you know the story behind that later in the song with that? You know where you are. You're in the jungle, baby. You're gonna die. That. That uh-huh. was said to Axel as he got off the bus by some fucking weird homeless dude. <laughs> no, I don't know if I knew that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. That is, that's a good. <laughs> How embellished that story may or may not be, I don't know, but that's what I've always read. That's, that it is what it is. It is written. <laughs> it is law. <laughs> it is written. So shall it be done. <laughs> um, I mean, if we're going to stay in LA. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mr. Buster, where the fuck you at? Can't scrap a lick, so I know you got your gats, your dick on hard From fucking your road dogs, the hood you threw up with Niggas you grew up with, don't even respect your ass That's why it's time for the doctor to check your ass I'm gonna stop fool. it right there, yeah, let's just say fool I didn't know that first one got passed, sorry about that, y'all I specifically chose I seriously thought about, um... The chronic. I chose Fuck With Dre Day because the opening track is actually just a voice over that says yeah. this is dedicated to the nah, that's been down since the day nah. one. Welcome to Death Row, like we always do about this time. And it's just like this fun little intro. It's fun. I was trying to avoid the N-word, uh, evidently. Dre did not. Dre did not. It got past me. It, but um, He's allowed to use it. Uh, fuck With Dre Day from the 1992 immortal classic, The Chronic. God, that fucking song several tracks that in snoop's debut were just all over the place snoop's, my- snoop's debut you say bow wow wow yippee yo yippee yay doggy dogs in the motherfucking house bow wow wow yippee yo yippee yay death rose in the motherfucking house bow wow wow yippee yo yippee yay the sounds of a dog bring me to another day with my bone, would you tell me? It seems like you're good for making jokes about your Jimmy. Well, here's the Jimmy joke about your mama that you might not like. Like the last two and a half years of my high school was just that. I mean, not just that, but it was anytime you turn on MTV, anytime sure. you turn on any of the... Uh, Snoop's debut album was the highest selling debut album of a person of all time, at, at least at that point. It's nuts. Because Dre was like, this motherfucker... And then put him He's on this got record. Something. <laughs> and that, that kid's got real talent. Uh, Look, Dre did it more than once. I mean, regardless of whether or not you like uh, Eminem, I love Eminem. Did, yeah, but he did the same thing. And then Eminem did the yeah. they did the shit with Fifty Cent. Yeah, to a slightly lesser degree of success, anyway. But no, the Chronic was the first. I bought <clears throat> I bought two CDs from Doug Weatherhead in seventh grade. I never had the CD for fifteen bucks, seven fifty each. I bought the Beavis and Butthead Experience, <laughs> and I bought Doctor Dre the Chronic. Did um, you buy it, the Beavis and Butthead Experience specifically for the Nirvana the, song? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. very specifically. Yes. Uh, yeah, the eight, only song you get grade. stuck in my head was the fucking Roller Coaster of Love. I listened roller to the coast. once I got the Nirvana back, single that had that back, same song on back, it. Back, I didn't. I sold the Beavis back, and Butthead back, CD, back. but. <laughs> The Chronic is one of those, it's another one of those front to back. And I feel weird and kind of out of place playing it because it's like, the fuck is my white ass, long haired ass? It's okay, man. But it's okay because it's, it's fucking, okay. it's a party record. And if you can't. I considered one of these, but then I was just like, mm, I did not, ha- I, for me, I did not own 
the album and it kind of felt like I didn't have the the choice to Are you to saying you've never owned the Chronic, Nathan? No, I did not okay. own the Chronic. <laughs> I did not own the Chronic, okay? Um this was one of those I would like I had it on my on my headphones on my Discman because I did not want my mom to hear the shit. I get it. Yeah. Um she wouldn't have cared. But, but she might have she might have yeah. Anyway. It's still your mom. That's the thing. It's still your mom. What about my know? mama? It's still your mom, and you don't want your mom to know what you have and what you don't have in your disc man. Uh, I mean, you go back and listen to this, too. It's a fucking, it's a full-on diss track to everybody that was involved with NWA up to the time of uh, kind of, well, Death Row start. They fuck with Easy e in the video as well. Easy e can eat a big fat dick. Tim Dog can eat a big fat dick. Luke. Can't eat a fat dick. Straight lyrics from the song. <laughs> and they were angry at their... Were they? A little bit. Kind of, sounds like. At their prior business arrangements, but... What? Sounds like. Video was badass, too. The fucking... Yes. The uh, Impala hopping mm-hmm. down the street and shit. Fuck with Dre Day from 1992's The Chronic featuring Snoop Dogg. That's my number three. What's your number two? Nate Dogg. <laughs> as my number one but yeah i'm i'm not a big black crows fan i don't dislike them i'm just i'm indifferent to them i like a massive black i know and that's why i knew you would love this one but i just thought this was one of the the greatest opening guitar riffs to open a song to open an album it's like it's just that the thing about the black crows is their songs pay out they're they have good stuff they have great stuff they have amazing stuff I love it all. Uh-huh. Their southern roots, right? Where are they from? Uh, yeah. Georgia, okay. Atlanta. <clears throat> um, you have to be patient with their songs, unless you grew up on them, because mm-hmm. they they're southern rock at their at their core, right. and they pay out like that. That intro by today's standards is way too fucking long, but uh, it's not because it, it's, it's, it's the anticipation yeah. of the when are you going to start this song because that yeah. riff is fucking sick dude and it's twice as sick when it gets twice as hard yeah and twice as fast <laughs> yeah you know that's what i love about that song specifically is i still it's called twice as hard i still have <laughs> my i thought the black crows i, I lumped them in with shit like because they this this came out in 1990 yeah I, I lumped them in with stuff like um oh god what was his name Bad English and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it was 90s, like, this lame-ass roses. They and, had, like, a touch of glam rock to them. A little bit, yeah. the look, yeah. especially. Because yeah. um, they're brothers, right? They the, are, yeah. Okay. Um, and the I lumped them in with... The 
Chris Robinson, Rich Robinson, yeah, yeah, singer, guitar player. I lumped him in with that kind of radio fucking shit. Okay. And they escaped me for several years until I discovered him on my own. I always knew about them, right? But I like listened to it and it's like this is like fucking magic, you know? Yeah. Um but the songs are like I mean, they get trippy. Some of their later shit, it's it stretches out over five, six minutes. And it but it teaches you patience as a listener. At their at their peak like existence, popularity. All I can think of About is 2000. a more I can no, I think of mid to late nineties and the mm. Morica and the pubic hair I have debacle a copy of, with I, Walmart yeah. and all that shit. I have Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to own I uh, can uh, on the, on the an, album of the anti side of cover, that. Yeah. On the anti side of that, I refuse to own an edited copy of the cover of Amorica. Right. Mine is the fucking full on pubes poking out of the nineteen seventy six bikini bottom from the cover of Hustler. Right. Um Is that what it was from? I didn't know yeah, what it was yeah. okay. Um yeah, you're probably right there. Like commercially, they I mean, probably peaked. commercially they felt like that's where they hit the controversy, and everybody knew about it. But them they were still they were still big up around 2001. I mean, they were. I don't doubt that it's, they were playing arenas with um, Oasis and okay. a band called <laughs> the Space, other and a band other called well a band, band a band called Space Hog, who are two brothers as well. Oh, so it okay. Was, it was called I know the, of Space Hog, but I didn't know it was called the Tour of Brotherly Love. <laughs> nice. Um, I've seen them. Uh, I've seen the Black Crows twice at the greatest venue on the planet, which is the Ryman Auditorium. It is unfucking toppable. Uh, I stole my copy of Shake Your Money Maker from my ex girlfriend's mom, and I still have it. <laughs> 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 to the to the best of my knowledge, the only two things I have left over from that relationship are a pair of Chuck Taylor high tops and that album and that fucking Shake Your Money Maker CD. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that is the Black Crows twice as hard. Shake your money maker. Sorry, I kind of I kind of commandeered your okay. shit there. I'm it's sorry. okay. I didn't have a lot, but I knew you'd be able to fill in on <laughs> on that because I knew you were a big Black Crows fan. I don't even know where to start with what my number two is. <laughs> okay, I know how they would start it. Um, they would say one, two, three, four. Hey, oh, let's go. Hey, oh, let's go. Hey, oh. Self-titled record, 1976, opened. Can you understand half of what he's saying? What they want, I don't know. They're all revved up and ready to go. The filing in the back seat. steam heat. Plus eight to the backbeat. The Blitzkrieg bop. That's a good track. Let's go. Shoot him in the back now. How short is that song? It's Probably 38 seconds. I don't know. It's got to be very. There's a brief. famous. There's a famous story of when they were recording. I believe one minute fifty seven seconds. Uh, a famous story of them recording their first album. The producer showed up like, I don't know, lunchtime, two o'clock, and it was like, "Hey, Johnny, guitar player, Johnny Ramon, how's it going?" And Johnny was like, "Not too good. We got seven or eight songs recorded already in the first day. Like, that's not." normal <laughs> not too good we only have no that's yeah i know it's I, great for a punk band but <laughs> not too good we only have um, seven or eight songs recorded really. i'm not the world's biggest ramones fan again i am I'm i love what, i love I, yeah. what i love yeah uh, <clears throat> but i'm a big punk fan 
and the the Ram- well, you don't have punk without the Ramones. Correct. You don't have punk without Elvis. You don't have when you don't have Elvis without all the black artists that came before him. Correct. Because punk is based off of I'm not going to deep dive into punk, but punk is based off 50s rock and roll, and you don't have modern punk. You don't have what happened in the 70s, 80s, and even into the 90s without the fucking Ramones. Uh, and Blitzkrieg Bop. I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't give a fuck where you are from on this planet. I. Oh. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, I'm going with you. Where are we going immediately? Where, where are we going? <laughs> Everybody understands that. It's just, yeah. how do you not smile? How do you not? It's fun. Dance it's well fun. or yeah. dance badly or like yeah, because smash shit. You yeah. know what I mean? The the Ramones weren't necessarily smash shit type of punk, but at the same time, but if you, you can want understand. to, I'll allow it. <laughs> Get down if you want to. Get down with the bad self. <laughs> go ahead, throw that chair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I. I mean, can you name me a punk band that lasted from 1976 up through 1996? The Ramones. Outside of the Ramones. No, they all fucking imploded. Like, the Ramones through... The Ramones are like... You ever walk down the sidewalk and you see, like, that dandelion growing through a crack in the sidewalk? You're like, that's the Ramones? That's what the fucking Ramones are. They are here in spite of themselves, in spite of everything else against them. They're here and they're still fucking flourishing to the best of their ability anyway uh, dandelion's never going to be a rose those that are still alive at least right yeah yeah i mean yeah blitzkrieg bop from ramones that's a good like self-titled 76 yeah because when i was doing research it was there were there were ones where it's like great album openers and there was also like great album openers for debut albums and that's a totally different one but that kind of hit in both of the spectrums was the Ramones. I'm like, I'm not going to pick that one because, number one, I'm not a huge Ramones fan. It's a great song, but it's not me, so these aren't going to be mine. But I totally I totally see where you're coming from on that one. And, it's a um, good pick. My friend Austin describes the Ramones as they're not a he, – he, he recognizes them as a punk band, but he, he recognizes them more accurately as a pop band because that's what they wanted to be. They're just – They turned their punk into pop. It may became popular to, a, to an extent. They just weren't experienced musicians, and they only knew how to play what they knew how Three to play. Three chords. Yeah, in different ways. uh, I believe Woody Guthrie said three chords in the truth. (laughs) Anyway. Were they from Detroit? The Ramones? Yeah. No, they're from Queens, babe. Okay. Fucking New York. What's your number two? What's what's your number one, actually? Yeah. My bad. Even better. Shut up. God damn, I was trying to think of so I thought of several different ways to insult you <laughs> during that intro. Like no, um, like normal. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it's your fucking song, man. Go for it. What do you got? Boston uh, more than a feeling, right? <laughs> you not a not a not a Boston fan, are we? You're indifferent to the Boston uh sure. vibe. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I, it's when I discovered rock and roll, that was dorky as fuck sounding to me. Was it? Yeah. I get that because there's probably other things that I would have found dorky as fuck. Um, shit that I heard on fucking Kmart radio when I, one of my first jobs. And so I, I'm sure. But I fell in love with this song and that entire album back when I was in high school. Um, my brother-in-law had a a healthy collection of classic 70s rock kind of stuff. And this one always be just it became my favorite. I don't know why. I don't know it's if the I one heard with the UFO video. on the cover, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, they always had some type of UFO guitar ship thing or something. Cool. Um, on several of their albums, you <laughs> dick. Um, the but, guitar-shaped UFO thing on an album cover is the album cover's mullet. It's it it kind of is, isn't it? I never thought about it like that, but it is kind of like the yeah, man, we're rock. But are you? Are you rock? Are you rock and roll? Or are you just commercialized, safe, <sighs> sci-fi-ish shit? But um, I just always love the haunting, longing feeling of just losing that. If you lose someone and you get reminded by them in a song. Mm, okay. And that's what really clicked for me. And and so I just – for me, I often felt compelled to play this song on repeat. I don't know why. I just I mean, for me, classic I, rock radio does it every fucking day. So. Yeah, that's true. I don't typically do that anymore because of that. But uh, I mean, I try not to hate on old shit. I mean, I'll, I'll give you shit for it because we're friends. <laughs> that's what we yeah, do. Right. <laughs> but I don't hate Boston. I couldn't tell you another fucking Boston song. I probably know there one. There are like four tracks just off of this album alone. That Is that right? Know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Didn't they do one called Shannon? Maybe. Okay. I think that was on their second. Second or third album. Okay. This one had uh, quite a few. What were the other three off this record? Let's listen to more Boston while we do. No, I'm kidding. We're not fucking listening to more Boston. <laughs> <laughs> but this was also one of those ones where the the this was kind of like a Foo Fighters album in the fact that the dude was an MIT graduate and he did everything but the vocals. He did all of the entrance. He's like this is the fucking one guy did this whole record. Everything except this. Everything but the vocals. Hmm. And then he built his band from that. Well, I'll give them. And he they constructed just gained... a lot of the technology of the pedals that a lot of the guitarists use today. Yeah, I'll, 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 okay, I'll give him that. That's fucking impressive. I did not know that. Because um, <clears throat> what Boston always kind of represented to me was like that inflated anti-Zeppelin. You know how like Zeppelin was a big fucking. Tom the... Schultz is the name of the Tom Schultz. Okay. Yeah. You know how like Zeppelin was like the gritty fucking real band in the seventies. To me, bands like a band like Boston was like. The fucking Kmart version or the Aldi, Aldi, <laughs> I get Aldi I, brand. I get it. Um, not that they're. I'm not saying they're not without talent. They're fu- clearly that's that's amazing. Uh, this one had at least three hits. Had more than the feeling. Long time and peace of mind. And if you've heard, you I guarantee I've probably heard you've, them, Oh, if you've been alive in the last forty or so years and had a classic rock station on long enough, you've heard one of those songs. Yeah, <laughs> of not all three. What uh, is? Um, and it came out in 76. So what was he like? He basically did like rent-a-band shit after this? Or did yeah. He, did well, he... no, I think he grouped it together and ended up finding Brad Delp, who was the lead singer until he passed away a few years ago. Mm. But um, he was an MIT – he was attending MIT when he started writing music. And so he just recorded all of this shit and then got someone to come in and 
sing, and then he kind of put his band together that way. I'm not a huge Boston fan, so I may be misquoting half of this stuff, but I no, know that's fair. that that's fair. I know that that's how the <clears throat> album originated. What's fun to me is that that was the song that you picked for your number one, <laughs> and most people are going to think I picked this for my number one. But I didn't. I picked this <laughs> instead. Everybody was expecting them to open in utero with a fucking teen spirit part two. And they went, nope, it's going to be ugly, weird, and uh, off key in some spots. <laughs> we know it's Nirvana. It's Nirvana. That is Serve the Servants from okay. in utero, 1993. Um, they you were purpose- talking about the drum intro, weren't you? No, more than a feeling. To me, no, to me, the drum intro of this one is one of the two songs, like drum intros that you always think of. No, I was, like I was that. talking about Teen Spirit because Teen Spirit is famously more than a feeling backwards. Oh, the riff is basically more than a feeling backwards. Well, I didn't know that. Which that is, is what, weird. Yeah, they've yeah. done it. They did it live on stage a couple of times. <clears throat> no, I was talking about Serve the Servants. We had had conversations about it. You probably forgot because you had too much alcohol to drink. Probably. Okay. When was that? Uh, a few weeks ago, probably playing D and D or something like. that. Oh yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember one time uh, when we worked at the uh, when you and I worked in the office together. When you and I worked in the office together, you sent me a Skype message. Tells you how long ago that was. Uh, that said, yeah, I've never really, never really listened to a Nutro, and I went, "You lucky bastard! You get to listen to a new Nirvana record today." Yeah, that's right. I did. Um, anyway, serve the servants is important because they they did it on purpose. They they came out of the all the fallout that was. Never mind, and the, all the success of that. And they were like, we're going to see if you really love us. Not that if you listen to Teen Spirit and Serve the Servants today, they're not that drastically different. Right. Because it's the same band, and it's a legendary fucking rock band from the 90s. But at the time, it was it was a leap. You know, They, they chose a purposely not um, polished producer to do the record. Steve Albini, famous for uh, Shellac, and most people would Black. Well, I would assume that most people assumed that In Utero was their sophomore release, when in essence it really wasn't. Correct. Nevermind was their sophomore release. Right. I almost went with fucking Blue from Bleach, but okay. I didn't want to be fucking Mr. Fucking Hip Guy. <laughs> I would not have known that one. I'm getting to a point now where I'm old enough that if I'm Mr. Fucking Hip Guy, it means I have a steel pin instead I of being cool. I was going to say because I fell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm sure most everybody is familiar with this. I'm just rehashing old shit. But in utero is fucking noisy. There's a lot of echo, a lot of feedback, a lot of screaming. 
it's not really the it, it's more of a uh, an older sibling to Nevermind, but it's also very very fucking similar. Uh, and there's definitely more than half a dozen hits on there. Um, it definitely feels more raw, very much. Um, to the point where, if anybody is a fan of the band Bush with Gavin Rosdale, their their second record was produced by the same guy for the same reason they were trying to do. They were trying to not. They were trying. Sixteen Stone was their. Sixteen Stone is a great fucking. Well, it was their debut though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was Razorblade Suitcase. Yeah, was their second record, and it's a fucking great record too. Yeah, Bush is a different band. Yeah, and they catch a lot of shit. Uh, for trying to rip off Nirvana when actually in an interview one time uh, Gavin and Nigel have been like they, they were quoted as saying like we actually are ripping off the Pixies more than we're ripping off Nirvana <laughs> you should make fun of us for that <laughs> they were bigger Pixies fans which I thought was great um, yeah Serve the Servants that's my number one um, opens up in utero which opens up the end of Nirvana but pretty much um, actually it could be argued that uh, Unplugged does that Oh, that's true. I could have gone with that one. That would have been a good one. What does he open as the... Uh, this is off our first record. Most people don't own it. And then they go right into About a Girl. <laughs> okay. I've heard it a few times. Um. All right, gang. Yeah. So... This was fun. This was a fun one. This is... We'll do something like this again. Um. We've got some... Got some different... TV and movie more related that we'll hit with our pick sixes up next. But we definitely have a couple more music... Related pick sixes to do for sure a little bit later this We're just year. Branching out, having fun. Yeah. Um, Who cares? You're not paying for any of this. So what the fuck do you care? Exactly. Fuck you. <laughs> Die, bastard. Right in back the to mean. Tool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. In the meantime, what you guys can do for us: like, follow, share, subscribe. We don't really do anything where you can do a sub, no. but uh, buy a t-shirt, buy a sticker. Uh, do leave us a good review, gang. Uh, or if you don't want to leave a good review, don't leave a review. But that helps us get along to other people. If you like this podcast, you might like these two drunk assholes talking about whatever. Their things. Their things. And here we are talking about those things. In the meantime, what we're going to do is we're going to be scooting. Um, I think next time we'll be talking about – this will be a weird one. It'll be It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. TV gadgets and devices. TV vehicles and gadgets. Is how you had it listed. Mm, I believe. So now if you're at gadgets and devices, then I'm going to have three vehicles in my TV gadgets and devices. I also have my notes as TV vehicles and gadgets. Hey, all right. Yeah. You're cut off. I'll bet. Uh, no, no, I've not even <laughs> begun to day drink yet, Nathan. Um, I'll bet we cross paths on a couple of those. We might. I double up. We're children of the 80s. It's going to happen. Double up uh, uh, on a couple of mine. <laughs> Uh, coming up in the next uh, several weeks as well, you need to be looking for uh, a kick-ass pairing of, I wouldn't call the X-Men a gritty comic from the 60s. We still have one in the can that we haven't even released yet. Yeah, we'll we, get there. Okay. Um, but we're doing a couple of, I, I guess, the grittier comics turned movie, which... Uh, yeah. Doing... One, and definitely one really kicked and opened the door in the last two decades of comic book movies. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to be doing uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1989. And X-Men from 2000. Ten whole years later. Anyway. We will you, know, see. you know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to stay off the moors. Okay. 
Pick Six is a Clopec Media production. Like and follow them at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or buy a t-shirt and sticker at sixpackdoublefeaturepodcast.com. And wherever you pick six, pick six responsibly. Nobody knocks off an old man in my neighborhood and gets away with it. Thank you.